if we really do want to own that we're creators of our own reality and we see the world and we're like, hmm, that doesn't actually look like the world that I would want to create or live in, we can actually take more responsibility by playing in it. So I think there's a, an ownership that we get to take in what has been created and what is being created for the generations to come. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Ray Ireland is a multifaceted artist and visionary entrepreneur. She's the founder and CEO of The Goddess Fest, gathering people online and in person to celebrate the arts, sustainability, and living the life of their dreams. Her mission is to bring awareness to art and culture appreciation, holistic health, and sustainability to engage and inspire future generations to shoot for the stars and follow their dreams. This is a super fun and inspiring episode where we dive into such topics as recognizing the signs of misalignment, being a creative channel, taking full personal responsibility, and practicing intuition through art. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. Also, I'm proud to announce that the show is now available on YouTube. And you can also follow us on our new Instagram page, at Being with Patrick Cook. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. Ray Ireland, welcome to Being. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's a pleasure. So I came across your uh, profile online and I clicked on a couple of things and uh, watched your video trailer on YouTube. I'm like, oh my God, I love the vibe and energy of this woman. I have to have her on the show. Um, and also because your journey so closely mirrored mine. Um, I'll let you describe it, but from what I understand, you started as a dancer, moved into a musician, and now sort of entered entrepreneurship and coaching. So I think that's a great place to start. Would you mind sort of taking us through your journey and how you arrived in this moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, like you said, I grew up as a dancer from age of two, literally it was like, that was the first time I was on stage and it wasn't one of the things where my parents forced me into it. I like literally came out of the womb, like dancing and performing. And it was, it was the only thing I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I grew up learning ballet and like really studying classical ballet. That was my main thing. Cool. And did that all the way through. I ended up like leaving high school early. I was like, so committed. It was everything. Um, ended up going to a dance conservatory for college and was performing in uh, the school was in Boston. I was performing in New York and was on the full track of like, okay, this, this is my life and this is what I do. And um, senior year, like three months before graduation, I end up uh, fracturing both shins and I tore a ligament in my spine. Wow. What, while dancing or, or somewhere else? Yeah, while dancing. It was from wow. it just so happened that it all happened in one month. Right. And it was like hard, like halting stop where I, I could barely walk. I couldn't really turn my head side to side. Mm. And so it just it shattered me and I didn't really know what to do. And I was living with a bunch of musicians at the time. And so 
they, after, you know, a while of seeing me just like lay around moping around the house, they're like, okay, Ray, like we'll get you on stage to stand in the back of the band. You don't even have to do anything. Just like go up there and hopefully that'll make you feel better. (laughs) (laughs) And it totally, it did not work. Mm. Uh, the first show I performed with them, we had like a sold out audience and I was on stage for like 30 minutes and then ran off stage crying. I was like, not into it. And I think because of that experience, I'm, I'm a Taurus and I'm pretty like headstrong. And when I can't do something, especially something that I feel like I should be comfortable at, like being on stage, mm. it pissed me off so much that I was like, all right, give me a freaking instrument. Let me learn. (laughs) Awesome. I ended up picking up banjo and mandolin and, you know, I was in a really rough place in my life. And so I kind of like gave up everything. Mm. Um, basically ended up living out of my car with my boyfriend at the time. And we just traveled all around the U S playing on street corners for pennies and just like barely got enough food by you know the leftovers people would like give to us and stuff so we did that for about a a year and that was definitely an experience of going from like one of the top dance conservatories in the country to like living on the street it was it was really weird and it showed me kind of the one of the issues of art and art education is that it doesn't teach you how to actually turn it into a business mm. where you can make a living out of it. Totally. And so that was the beginning of my journey mm-hmm. of starting to study business and being like, okay, we're on the street. I'm like, I know I'm like a world-class performer. I'm playing with world-class musician that just went to like the top music school, like in the world, like, and why are we making pennies? Like this just doesn't make sense to me. Mm. So I started studying marketing and branding and sales and all of this stuff really out of the desire to just be able to share, share music and share our passion with the world, share a message of, you know, Mm. unity and love and consciousness. And, um, so that that project of you know me and my boyfriend just playing on the street turned into a full band which within five years turned into a nationally touring act with management and booking and teams and it was just amazing to witness um and professionally it was it was awesome but then on the inside there still wasn't um alignment and there was Mm. there's things really off with just the lifestyle which was drug sex and rock and roll like yeah so i ended up kind of falling into another deep depression because also i hadn't healed some of these other things i kind of just kept moving through them and i found myself really like hanging on to different substances and stuff like that and before i knew it i was in my car driving home from a gig and had a suicide attempt where i drove my car off of a cliff And this was really just, I was just like ready to give up everything. And I just, I, at that point, I didn't understand or I couldn't see like why I should even be here. I felt like Mm. it was worse that I was here Mm. and everything I was doing just felt so off, but I didn't know how to stand up for myself or hold boundaries or anything like that at the time. Um, Or even just have like forgiveness and, you know, self-compassion. So the, the car ended up going off the cliff, but that's where I had my like speak to God moment where <laughs> basically like I saw the white light, it was there and, you know, God, universe creator, whatever you want to call it. Um, this voice that I had never heard said, Hey, you've been asking to leave. 
like, this is our gift to you. This is your chance. If you want to leave, here you go. And if you don't, let us know right now. And in that moment, there was just this like 1%, like little speck of like sand that I was like, shoot, what if, what if I'm supposed to be here? Mm. And that little tiny spark just like lit something up inside of me that was like, okay, if, if just that little bit, that 1% is there, I've got to stay and figure this out. I got to see what, what that's all about. And in that moment I came back to consciousness because the car was, I was totally like knocked out, came back to consciousness. And then the car ended up landing, uh, just upright. Mm. And I walked out of that accident without a scratch or a bruise. And it was the most incredible, like, consciousness like expanding moment ever and then i stepped back into my life and i'm like oh my gosh this is a shit show (laughs) (laughs) like this is i feel great now like i just spoke to god so like all is good Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i can get through anything but like oh my gosh my life is a mess so that's where i really started leaning in and just asking for support finally putting my hands up and being like i need help and that's what led me into the coaching and personal development Mm -hmm. and space i ended up traveling all around central america that's actually what led me to costa rica for the first time was to study like permaculture and shamanism and healing and do ceremonies and then i was you know doing eastern and western practices to just get myself back to a status quo of like happiness or just like Mm -hmm. ah okay i'm here And through that experience, um, I just transformed so much through the help of my mentors and the people that came in communities and um, art, especially music, dance. That's really where it was. It became not about the show anymore, not about the performance, but really just a healing modality for myself. Mm. Oh, my God. That's so beautiful. It was just, it was amazing. And that led me into the coaching space that I am in today. And um, it's all been like a a wild journey since. And definitely not all like, you know, rainbows and butterflies (laughs) since, but it's it's an adventure. And that's what I kind of like to name it as. It's just an adventure and it's going to have its ups and downs and I'm in for the ride. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. What a story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And again, it mirrors so closely uh, a lot of my experiences. Uh, I came up as a musician as well, played in bands for years and years, struggled with alcohol dependency, had this feeling of disconnection that I couldn't really put my finger on and just, you know, sort of went, continued down the path of just numbing out with alcohol and drugs just to numb that pain. And, you know, I came to the realization that, and I think this is true of a lot of people, especially people that struggle with substances, there's there's a fundamental disconnection between who we are on an essential sort of higher self level and who we identify as in the world, who we're conditioned to be, who we're expected to be. And so when we're trying to tick all those boxes and follow the societal rules of what we're supposed to be in the world, we get further and further away from our essential selves. And that causes so much pain and disharmony that we just have to numb out in some way. Uh, Unless we come to, hopefully people come to a point like you had, and I had something similar, just a point of clarity where it's like, okay, this has to stop. Something has to change. And so I quit drinking almost three years ago now, and it's just been, wow, what a wild ride of introspection and discovery and coming back to that sort of essential alignment. And that's kind of what I do with my clients. And so that mirrors a lot. Um, But So what I wanted to ask you is though, that feeling of alignment that I'm describing, do you resonate with how I'm describing it? And how did it show up for you? How did you recognize it? 
Yeah, absolutely. That feeling of alignment, I think, you know, I mostly recognize it when I'm in nature. Yes. That's always been like the thing that when I'm feeling disconnected, I go in nature and something magical happens and all of a sudden yeah. I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, now I understand that so I can I can use it more. So kind of like I said, it's not like it's like all like magic and amazing now. Yeah. Like there's still ups and downs, but now I understand kind of my own codes and how I can play with them. So mm. I mean, even just yesterday, I was having a little bit of like a, an off like afternoon. I was like, I don't even know like, nothing that happened. I just feel a little off and I'm like, okay, let's go to the beach. Let's just, yeah. let's sit on the cliffs and like look out even for 30 seconds. And so that feeling of alignment for me usually connects me to what's bigger, what's mm. outside of myself, feeling the connection of oneness with nature. And cause sometimes I feel like, um, at least for me, I'm kind of like the the mixed introvert extrovert. Me I too. can <laughs> connect with people, and then at other times I'm like, oh my gosh, like I feel <laughs> so alone. Like I'm just gonna go sit in my cave. And so sometimes if I'm comparing myself to humans, I have a hard time getting to that place of like alignment. Not gonna lie. <laughs> so usually it's just it's like that connection to everything else: the plants, the birds, the bees, the the ocean, and stuff like that, that really reminds me, oh yeah, I'm a part of this. And then I can kind of, uh, fast track over all of the human comparison stuff that we deal with yeah. and go, oh yeah, everyone else is a part of this too. Oh, oh yeah. Here we are. Here's that alignment. Here's yes. that unity where we can all coexist. And when I feel that I'm, I'm a, I am like energetically very external. So when I feel that like unity and connection with everything else, I can all of a sudden feel so aligned within yeah. myself. And just kind of drop into that breath and, oh, my breath is like the tide. And, okay, oh, here we are. This feels <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. No, I totally agree. We are in extraordinary times and facing unprecedented challenges. Never in history have we been so connected yet so divided at the same time. Now more than ever, there is a fundamental need and desire for us to come together in community and collaboration to experience real and authentic connection with our fellow human beings, to be part of a tribe of people who are doing the challenging work of making sense of the world and their place in it, to have a safe space to be vulnerable and get the support we so desperately seek as we navigate the complexity of modern life. This is why I have created the Being Community, an exclusive online community for people who are doing the work of personal development, of awakening, of healing, of peeling back the layers of conditioning and unconscious programming and unleashing their full creative expression. This is for the people who have the courage to say yes to life and to becoming the best version of themselves for their own benefit and for the benefit of all. This private group offers all the functionality and benefits of a traditional Facebook group, but will be hosted away from social media and free from the watchful eyes of big tech. The group will feature live coaching calls, exclusive content and trainings, plus personalized guided meditations. At its essence, the Being Community is about coming together to co-create the future that we all want to live in. If this resonates with you, go to being-community.com for more information and to reserve your spot. That's being-community.com. Now, back to the show. 
I want to ask you though, when you were struggling with sort of substance abuse or on a path where you felt misaligned uh, before you got to the point, because this happens a lot with people, they ignore it or they don't see the signs. And I call them cosmic bricks. The universe keeps throwing bricks at you, trying to wake you up, trying to get you to shift until something happens, either an accident or a diagnosis or a tragedy or something to say, okay, this has to stop. This has to change. Uh, and most people or many people actually, you know, get to that point where it, it, it is that crucial. So what I'm trying to figure out, is there, you know, something you can describe for the audience that, you know, some signs that you saw earlier, you know, it's like some signals that you saw that maybe you saw or, or didn't see or ignored, you know? So uh, it's just, a, I want to give sort of a practical view of if somebody's in the position you were in, what's some signals they can look out for that, okay, maybe I am out of alignment. Maybe I do need a reset. Maybe I do need to change my ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the brick piece. That's something <laughs> I like to talk about a lot too. And I'll kind of like expand on that to, to share for sure. more practical piece, which is, I believe there's a feather that actually comes first. Right. And the feather is like, <laughs> and, you know, I might like a little stuck in your hair, but you just take it out, you know? <laughs> so, and then if you like, don't see the feather, then like the brick comes. And then if you don't actually feel the brick or get out of the way of the brick being thrown at you, then, okay, then it, like a, a train is going to come. Yeah. So, so I think it's about going into the experience of awareness with the feather. And so those feathers for me, um, usually lie within my physical body. So right before the accident, um, there were, there was like some like weird, like physical things that happened, like rashes or, you know, things that just are kind of out of the norm. Um, also energy, just feeling so depleted. You know, I know that, um, for me, my natural state, when I'm feeling my best, I do want to love on everyone. Yeah. I do want to be around people. And so as soon as I start to get into the experience of like, Ooh, I don't really want to be around people anymore. That's actually a big sign for me to be like, okay, what's, what's going on that I'm not wanting to address. And so I'm wanting to hide. Um, other signs would maybe be, oh, definitely my appetite, you know, um, I know for a lot of people, either you you eat more when you're stressed or you stop eating. So it's not like necessarily one way or the other, just like kind of that like switch, like that quick switch where I'm like, okay, something's different. And I noticed like if I kind of backtrack it because what I've done now and like what I do in my businesses and with my clients is we figure out, okay, what's happened in the past. So how can we, you know, stop it even earlier, maybe even before the feather comes, yeah. you know, really building up that internal awareness. And I started to see every time I'm not moving my body because I'm a dancer. And when I got injured, I stopped dancing. I stopped. And then I didn't know how to work out or do anything else. I had only dance. I'm like, I'm, I can't play sports or like run. Like, what? So I just stopped moving my body and it's like, Oh, like that is a code for me. I need to be physically active to find that space of alignment just so I can think clear. Mm. And by think clear, then I can hear my intuition. Then I can make more aligned uh, intellectual decisions. So that was a big one for me where whenever I stop uh, being physical in my body, basically using my humanness, mm. then that always leads to stuff kind of being a little bit more out of alignment. Um, so now, you know, 
I kind of like to combine the things. Like I grew up doing a lot of outdoor adventure sports and the last few years, that's a big practice that I brought back in. I was like, okay, let's, let's get back into surfing. Let's go rock climbing. Let's go skiing. Let's just like get in nature and move my body. And that has been one of the biggest codes of just finding that internal alignment. Mm, Yes. The connection with nature. And a big reason why I moved to Costa Rica is exactly that. Just communing with nature. And like you said, whenever I feel stressed, uh, I can just go outside and you could do this anywhere. Even if you're in a city, just walk around the block and get some fresh air or go hug a tree or just go to the park or anything. But um, yeah, being in Costa Rica, just the power of nature here. And remembering that we are fundamentally one with nature. Like we we are nothing without the plants and the trees and the ocean and the sun. We don't exist without those things. So that remembrance at a fundamental nature that we're all connected, I'm just getting chills just saying it because it's so powerful. You know, if you are feeling out of alignment or you're spinning off in the in the into your thoughts, reconnecting with nature is such a powerful way. And you mentioned surfing. Surfing has been huge for me. I took it up when I was 39, you know, like when I moved to Costa Rica. Yeah. And it now it's like uh, one of my religious practices. Like I love it so much because of that connection with nature, because it's moving my body, because it's in flow with mother earth. Oh my God. It's so amazing. Um, but your, your creativity, I want to ask you about, because for me, I was also a musician. I still play, but I made a career out of it for a long time. I wrote advertising jingles and which was awesome. Uh, but it just wasn't resonating with my new path and new awareness because I'm basically selling my soul to corporations, right? Um, So I'm still creative, but I'm just curious about your transition out of sort of being a dancer and a musician into a coach. Do you miss it or do you still, do you find creativity in other ways? Like how do you channel your creativity now? Yeah, well, actually I still am a musician. I'm like, if you can see behind me, I've got my keyboard right here. Oh, nice. My desk is actually just a desk for music. Awesome. (laughs) Sometimes I work at it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so really, I actually started the my coaching stuff while I was on tour. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So I the the car accident happened. This was about um, year three of kind of being on the road. And after that, I dove into more of the healing arts and all of that stuff, going to Costa Rica um, or all of Central America. But that whole time, I was actually still touring, still Mm. with the band. I never, I didn't leave the band in that moment, which was kind of an interesting uh, path for me to choose. Um, And so we ended up staying together for a few more years. And then even after, once I left the band, um, because I was with them, for, we were together for five years. I left and then I toured internationally as a solo artist for two years. Cool. So um, most of my coaching journey has been while also being on tour and as a musician, except for basically um, the last like year and a half because of lockdown and stuff. So that was a big shift and change. Um, so it's always music has just been, it's like eating food for me. It's, yeah. it's not like a, Oh, it comes and goes. I think it'll always be a part of me and everything I'm doing. And whenever I'm speaking or I'm doing coaching, everyone's like, Oh, do music. And if I'm doing music, they're like, Oh, lead a meditation. <laughs> so it's all very interwoven. And I've had times where I've actually tried to separate myself from it to see like, okay, what would it, feel like what would it be like if i went 100% in my 
business and kind of put the music to the side. And, you know, there are seasons, but usually when I do that, I feel like I lose a part of my own soul and spirit. So it is a big dedication and practice for me to actually be um, creating both of these paths simultaneously. And the goal is they're coming closer and closer together, um, which is just fun and they've kind of been coming together i wrote a book this last year oh congratulations or thank you i was like okay well let's put my creativity somewhere else so i wrote a book and it really ended up being that bridge where um the book is called blame it on my soul and it takes the reader through nine stages of transformation that help them tap in with what is their soul really desiring them to do next what is that Mm. next step And I share these nine stages through the stories of touring and traveling and being a musician. So that was kind of the first way that I've been able to really like unify these two paths. And I'm hoping to continue to do that because I think there's, there is congruency there and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back on the road soon and uh, releasing some new music and all of that. Awesome. Oh my God. I can't wait to read your book. That sounds incredible. Blame it on my soul. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Blame cool. it on my soul. <laughs> I will definitely put the link for that in the show notes. Uh, you guys should check it out. Um, I wanted to ask because you're uh, a creative, then I asked this to all my creatives that I have on the show is where does creativity come from? This is a fundamental question I've asked myself many times. And I, there isn't one answer, but I'm just so curious to hear what other people think. For me, it's like, partially comes from, you know, internal Genesis partially comes from an external place. And maybe there's a balance between the two. What's your take on it? Yeah. For me, it's, um, when I'm really tapped into it, it's an external place. Yeah. Uh, It's something that is created like from the universe. And then I believe what it feels like, it feels like it then comes into me and And I get to express that. So a lot of times when I'm like songwriting or if I'm, you know, jamming or even, you know, creating a dance, the ones that really like have this like spark and like, Ooh, like what was that? It's usually when I'm so open and I'm, my ego is so released that I almost don't even know what's happening. Mm. And so a lot of times if I'm songwriting, I'll just put a, like a record you know, device on and start playing because it just kind of will flow through. So songs will be written in, you know, 30 minutes, the full song. And it'll be like, when I come back, I'm like, wow, what just happened? Like, is is that my song? Did I just like, have I heard that song somewhere else? Like, <laughs> like, I don't even know. It, it doesn't have that attachment of it being mine necessarily. I just feel blessed and honored to be able to share it. Totally. Like you're a creative channel, uh, you know, and, yeah, and that's that's an experience I've had a number of times where the song kind of comes fully formed and you just you have mm-hmm. your only job is to be available as the channel to transmute it into a 3D reality basically, right? There's a funny awesome. story that uh I can't remember who it is. I think it's John Prine or someone who's driving down the LA freeway and he gets this hit of inspiration and he's like yeah, to the muse like can't you see i'm driving here dude i can't see, you know pick up my guitar he's like why don't you go bother leonard cohen or something <laughs> I love that. yeah it's hilarious but um yeah so the creative channel that's a lot of what i do with my clients as well is how do you clear out sort of the noise and the distortion and the mud that's in our creative channel and a lot of that is ego born or conditioning or whatever it might be to really wow to really be open with your heart and your energy to receive and to transmute energy in both directions. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's super, super powerful, but it does take, like you said earlier, a certain depth of self-awareness and self-trust. That's something I've kind of struggled with because I've, I've lived in my head for so long. Like I'm really uh, intellectual and a seeker of knowledge. So trusting my sort of essential nature and my intuition has been really challenging for me. And that's, I think what is necessary in order to be a, a creative channel or just a, a channel of energy full stop is, is to have the courage to ha keep your heart open, even when yeah. it's painful, even when it's challenging, you know, because when you do keep it open, those beautiful moments, uh, can arrive, right. Do you resonate mm -hmm. with that? Absolutely. And I think like it can be a really awesome hack too, is like to practice your intuition through the arts, mm. especially through the arts that you might not be as skilled at because then there's not as much judgment in it. Ooh, I love that. How do you do that? So for me, um, like painting or drawing, um, because if I try and do this with dance, I'm way too trained. So I just right. get into the technical <laughs> mind. Like I'm trained enough to know when, <laughs> like I'll judge myself still. So I need to do something that I'm like not trained in, you know, yeah. something that's just, it feels like it's just play. And then from there, I start to follow my intuition because there's no like high risk, you know, there's right. no like, oh, this is going to be a bad like piece of art because I am an artist. So I have these certain standards that I hold my art to. Right. Um, but if you're not an artist and this is what I work with a lot of my clients with, cause usually they're, they're not artists, but they're creative, yeah. but it's like, Hey, try something new. Like even if you have a guitar or some instrument, just play one note like over and over again and just sing over it. Like you can't go wrong mm. and just start using it as a practice to like hone in on that skill of intuition and following it. Because you're not going, it's not going to guide you into like, oh, sell your home and leave your husband, you know, like <laughs> this like big thing that might like make big ripples, but you can actually start to like really take action on those um, intuitive hits. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love that. And it takes a level of surrender as well to, to, to let go of any judgments or, or preconceived notions or ways of being or ways of doing and just allow yourself to be fully in the moment and see what comes through. And more often than not, you'll surprise yourself. It's like, holy shit, that was pretty good. And it felt good. And it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, like, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it, it because we are all creators, like you said. You know, it might not manifest in instruments or painting or dancing, but we are all creating our reality through our actions, through our emotions, through our energy, through our thoughts in every moment. So once you sort of tune back into that, it's like, holy shit, I am so powerful that I'm creating everything that's happening for me. What do I want to create? Right. And that that's a massive shift that definitely for me and a lot of people I talk to is moving away from that sort of life is happening to me, that victim mentality into, OK, I can actually influence everything that happens in my life through my conscious intentionality. That is super powerful, but also terrifying for a lot of people. Do you find that? Absolutely. Yeah. I have a lot of clients that I work with this on because they'll come to me and once they start tapping into the power that they hold, a lot of fears come up. Yeah. Oh, well, like if I'm actually that powerful, like what if I misuse that power? Yeah. What if, you know, some, and they have these like memories from past lives or, you know, stories that they've heard that are so terrifying and they, they're like such heart centered people, but that, the last thing that they would ever want to do is to misuse power. Yeah. So most people will say, I don't want the power. Like, 
Right. I, I just want to be be love. I just want to, you know, be of service. And I think that's actually a disservice. So mm. um, tuning into the self-trust of like, I'm going to stay in such deep alignment and deep integrity in my love, in the values that I hold, that I can actually expand my capacity and hold even more power. Mm. Yes. Amazing. Uh, that's so powerful and and so needed. Um, so I think this is a good spot to sort of transition into more about what you do. Can you describe like what your coaching business is? Yeah, absolutely. So um, like I shared, I really started the coaching business as in the transformational space. People mm. come to during these big life pivots and just be like, Ray, like, how do I get through this? Like, I don't know what I want to create, but I know that I want my life to be totally different. And so we would like re-archetype and architecture their entire life and also usually their career or business. Um, So I still do a lot of that work, but now it is more business focused where I am helping spiritual entrepreneurs and coaches, master healers, scale their coaching businesses. And so taking these really powerful business tools and techniques of just really dialing in your message, um, really getting clear on how to authentically tell your story, um, and then how to really attract higher level clients, and then combine that with this identity work that I love to do, the soul work of like, really what's pulling you forward into this? What is your reason and purpose? Most of my clients don't care about money. They're like, I might be totally happy, like living under a palm tree. (laughs) So because they want to make such a big impact, you know, money is one of those energetic tools that we get to play with. So we, we do work on recoding some of the energetics of money and success. So that way they can actually call in more to then, you know, reinvest into their own art, their business, uh, passion projects, charity work, um, all that sort of stuff. So Mm. it's, really about scaling with intentionality. Beautiful. I love it. Such powerful work and so needed. And, you know, I've, I've fallen into that trap as well as like a heart centered uh, entrepreneur of the, the money, the money, energetic frequency of money and shifting your beliefs around money has been massive work for me as well. Uh, and the one realization, cause I, my old belief was that money is the root of all evil and the, the people in power use it as an oppressive tool, which is true, but it's not the only story, you know, and to counterbalance that, I'm like, okay, well, wait a minute. If I'm a heart-centered entrepreneur and I'm in alignment with myself and I have a purpose, why shouldn't I be making lots of money? Why shouldn't yeah. it? Because it can help me amplify my message, which is doing good in the world, which is helping other people, facilitating healing. And that was a massive shift that I had to, to get around. Um, but yeah, once you- I think so many healers are going through that today. Yeah. just being like kind of questioning those old paradigms of, you know, the struggling artist or the healer yes. doesn't make any money. And like, there's, there's just so much questioning and re-storytelling happening where it's like, okay, well, if we really do want to own that we're creators of our own reality and we see the world and we're like, Hmm, that doesn't actually look like the world that I would want to necessarily create or live in. We can actually take more responsibility by playing in it, not mm. necessarily disconnecting from it and saying, okay, well, I'm going to just go you know, live in my little bubble, which is definitely what I wanted to do (laughs) before I got into all this work. I'm like, I'm totally fine. Like, give me just like a little hut. I'm good. 
But that's not actually going to make the shift that we collectively really want to see happen on the planet. Mm -hmm. So I think there's an ownership that we get to take in what has been created and what is being created for the generations to come. Yes, totally. So that brought up something for me around, you know, where we are right now. And, you know, at the risk of getting into conspiratorial waters, like I just... because there are massive energies at play, I think what you're talking about, um, it, some people just want to hide. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to look at the depth of malevolence or evil in the world. They just want to be in their little bubble and go about their lives, which is, you know, uh, I've been in that place as well. Um, but I think now we're at such a critical time in the evolution of history and humanity that we can't afford to do that anymore. It, it, each person has to take responsibility. And that doesn't mean you have to go out and, you know, be on the front lines and change the world or become a president or something crazy. But it does mean, it does mean taking responsibility on an individual level to me. And that's kind of what the work that both of us do is like, let's cultivate a deep sense of self-awareness, uh, of trust, of healing, uh, coming back to that essential nature and operate from that place. And whatever... Um, your unique gifts to offer the world can come through from that place rather than a place of fear or scarcity. Um, you know, does that make sense? Exactly. And it, it brings us into that more natural state of taking inspired action. Exactly. Action from fear. Yes. And I think so much more can move. We're so much more um, connected to a lot of energy that, that we can utilize. So all of a sudden things will like start working faster. There's like these synchronicities. You start meeting the right person at the right time. That's going to guide you even closer. And it just, life can be a lot easier. So that's definitely a mantra that I like to use is like, this gets to be really easy. Like as I'm sharing my gifts, as I'm wanting to make as big of an impact as I want, Mm. you know, a lot of people, I think that, um, I'm sure that are in your world too. Like they're wanting to yes, shift their own lives, but they want like their loved ones and their neighbors to have better lives as well. And so like that takes extra energy. Like Mm. if we're just one human being trying to move, you know, multiple things, we, our capacity, our experience of our power needs to be bigger. And also, you know, we can create that through partnerships, through, through friendships, through communities to Mm. like the collective effort moving forward. Mm. Yes. I'm so glad you brought up collaboration because that's one, one stumbling block that I've had, uh, in my creative trajectory is I, I sat in a room and wrote by myself for almost 20 years and I loved it just because it's, it's all me. Like there's the buck stops with me. Uh, I have to make the deadline. I have to be creative. And that just felt good. It felt empowering, but I recognized, uh, in retrospect that there's, there was a, a certain fear of collaboration because anytime I did get in a situation where I was collaborating with other people, I, I dropped into my head, not into my heart. And so that kind of closed off my open channel we were talking about earlier, right? And so I wasn't as creative. I wasn't as productive. We didn't get very good results in like a songwriter's room, for example, right? And so I was like, ah, that's not for me. I'm just going to hide over here and do it by myself, right? But now I recognize that, okay, that was a limiting belief and a, a fear that I needed to get over. And even more than just in creative applications, I think it's necessary for the next step of, of humanity is first we need to do the individual work like we're talking about of coming into alignment with ourselves but then because we're in more coherence with ourselves then we become um 
more enabled to collaborate in community where there's more people that are vibing on the same frequency, not in low vibe fear, but up in like a harmonious resonance. And that's the way we change the world from the bottom up where we create community, like meeting somebody like you. It's like, this is synchronistic. Who knows what's going to happen from this relationship, right? And that's, and that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I think like just bringing even in that like curiosity and that openness in every relationship that you meet yeah. because sometimes we, we hold like judgments or, you know, Oh, well they're here and I'm here. Like they're above me. I'm below them or vice versa or whatever. And so really just like being open in that space of like curiosity. And sometimes when I use the word curiosity, I actually change it to fascination because okay. I feel like it uh, like even more like energetic attraction of like, wow, like how can I be more fascinated by this human that's in front of me? How can I be more fascinated by like what they're wanting to create and like where, what is that overlap that we have and what's different and how can we really come together? What would, what would be possible? Mm. And just kind of get into that question of like, what if, which is a really fun game to play, by the way, <laughs> I always suggest it just like the, what if game? Well, what if like, we did X, Y, and Z. What if like this happened tomorrow? <laughs> awesome. What um, if I come down to Costa Rica in an hour, you know, right? like, <laughs> and we wrote a song that changes the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a really fun place to, to be playful. And, and I think the universe responds to play. Absolutely. And play and, and life as art in, in general is just life is artwork. You are creating all the time, whether you know it or not. So really tapping into that creator role more fully definitely is fascinating and curiosity. I love those two together. Um, one of the, my favorite questions to ask guests is what is your definition of success and how has that changed over your trajectory? Mm. It has changed so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's constantly being revised, which is okay. Yeah, always, always. <laughs> I, would, I would say like really the biggest feeling that I have around success would be fulfillment. Yeah. That's, that's what would kind of land most for me is like when I wake up and go to sleep and throughout the whole day, I'm feeling like, wow, I'm feeling really fulfilled in life right now. I think that's like one of the most like rich qualities and mm. through that fulfillment also like the gratitude just like wow like I'm so grateful for what I have in my life I think that's better than chocolate pie or million bucks <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think it's you know and I think that level of fulfillment like that really really deep level of fulfillment can come from um, any other versions of what success looks like you know maybe a su successful relationships or successful business or you know, successful career, whatever it is. But I think, you know, I've definitely seen plenty of people that have one of those pieces and yet they still don't feel that like sense of like landing of like, yeah. oh, I'm home. Like, oh, I'm here. Oh, I've made it. And so um, that is really the level of success that I'm definitely uh, looking to cultivate every single day. And some days I feel like I have it and other days I don't. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful journey, but I think that's like the most rich space mm. to be living in. Yes. And that comes back what came up for me. The, the level of fulfillment is operating and moving from that place of wholeness and groundedness. You know, when you, when you're creating from that place rather than from fear or from, you know, unconscious beliefs or scarcity, whatever it is, when you operate from that place, fulfillment is the natural byproduct because yeah. you feel in alignment, you feel 
um, purposeful and life is inherently meaningful in that situation. You mentioned, um, you know, in a relationship, one of my biggest successes is the raising of my kids. I've got two amazing kids that are 13 and 10 now, and they are by far my greatest success, you know? And so everything that happens beyond that is just gravy. It's just icing on the cake. Right. And so I'm constantly in this place of fulfillment and gratitude, no matter what happens. Um, but I know so many people struggle with that. And for me, it's because there's this disconnection in society where I said earlier, uh, you know, we're taught to follow the rules. We're taught to, you know, go to school and get good grades and, you know, find a job and a husband or a wife and a car and all that stuff that's supposed to lead to success and happiness, but rarely does it lead to fulfillment. And so there's a, a fundamental question is what is fulfillment? And it's different for everybody. Right. And so, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I will say that there's an interesting piece that I've been discovering in the last few years, which is, okay, like at first when I was kind of playing with that idea, I'm like, okay, well, if it's just fulfillment, then again, like, why can't I just like live on my, in my hut on Mm. the beach? And can I just be fulfilled there? Yes. And there's a part of my soul that knows I'm here to do more. I'm Mm. here to create a bigger impact than just actually creating fulfillment within myself. And so then there's this new desire, this new drive to actually chase some other things like, like creating impact and also creating business success for myself and my clients and, you know, creating my life, my dream lifestyle, uh, being able to travel whenever I want, wherever I want, not having these limitations. Mm. So it is this like really interesting play because I think for a while I started getting conditioned into like, okay, well, I need to remove all material things to come into this place of fulfillment. But I really do think for some people that is they're like so good with that. And then for others that might be a little bit more like creative and visionaries and leaders, like that level of fulfillment actually is not the deepest level of fulfillment. I need to be like a vessel for bigger change for for more. So um, it's an interesting fine line. And I think every person gets to kind of feel like, okay, where, where does that game, where's that balance for me? Yeah, totally. I heard it described beautifully the other day because I I was having this conversation with somebody else. We're talking about purpose and, you know, what if my purpose is just to sit on the beach and drink margaritas and do cocaine, for example, it's like, okay, well, that's not purpose because the fundamental nature of purpose is being of service. And so she described it as, you know, an inner concentric circles moving out. You start with alignment, what we're talking about earlier, and then that moves into purpose and then that moves into impact. And then that moves into material goods or whatever, you know, spoils you desire in the world, but that it has to come from first inner alignment and then purpose and being in service, you know, and if you have those in, in that creates fulfillment, um, intrinsically, I think, right. Because you are, yeah. It's like it's like the automatic button. Like if you if you want to be really feeling fulfilled, like do it in this order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, there's so many leaders that talk about that. Um and like you know, Tony Robbins talks about contribution a lot and like how he had this big shift. And I think like so many people, whether you're successful or not, like that's the starting point yeah. is getting into that place of like internal love and like, okay, yeah, how do I how do I be of service here? Yeah. Totally. Uh, Well, another thing that just came up is that, you know, especially over the last year, obviously so many people are suffering. So many people have lost their jobs is that, 
you know, there is the the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like they, we're in survival mode. A lot of people are in survival mode where it's just like, I need to put food on the table, dude. I'm like, I can't think of anybody else right now other than me. And that's, you know, when you get to down, to down to that survival level, it's very hard to, you know, be thinking anything beyond your front door or how you're going to put food on the table. So, you know, I, there's a certain level of gratitude and awareness that of the privilege I have personally to have those fundamental needs be taken care of in order for me to be of service. And there's a certain level of responsibility, I think, that comes with that as well. Anybody who does have those fundamental needs met, you know, must be of some service to the world. There must be some responsibility to be impacting the world in a positive way. Otherwise, you're just, you know, uh, an observer and you're just a victim to whatever happens to you. Do you, would you resonate with that? Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I sometimes share this. I actually haven't like shared this in a while, but during the time where I was living on the street, making pennies, I was totally happy. Right. And I was totally happy. I did not know where I was going to shower next. I didn't know if I would have a bathroom. I didn't know where my next meal came from. And I was able to really internally source an experience of happiness and gratitude and just appreciation for the moment, Mm. like literally no matter what. So I think sometimes um, I think humans are more advanced than like now I think in the past we could say, oh yeah, we were in survival. We couldn't like go into that space, but I don't think that's actually true. I think in survival, we have just as equal of an opportunity to tap into that mindset. And from there, things can actually really shift. Mm. Um, And when I was in that space, what was so interesting was, you know, I was, I was very curious after um, growing up in the middle class and then from middle class going into this conservatory that was really high end. And I got in on like a big scholarship. So it was like, okay, I was like seeing the world from different eyes. And so when I actually started like living on the street, I was like, I, I genuinely want to understand like the mindset of the people that are around me. And so I had so many conversations where um, I actually like found out that so many people had actually just chosen this path. They were like, oh yeah, I could be living with this person or that person, but I would rather be here. And so I think it does come back to this sense of responsibility and taking ownership. And like, I really, because I've experienced this, I, I, I love holding that standard of like, if you're in survival or if you have your survival needs, you think you're met or safe, which also this last year has shown, like, even when you think you're safe, you're not totally technically we're all in survival almost all the time. Right. But that is not a good Mm -hmm. enough of an excuse to say, Oh, I can't, I can't come into this piece of place or Mm. this place. Um, I think the Buddhist monks showed us that they would, you know, sit and meditate in the caves. Like this is possible for us to do. And I think we are in a place where it's like, how can we like normalize that, you know, and how can we almost implant new thoughts of like, I'm safe. I'm okay. Even if I feel like my world is falling apart, I'm okay. And just that little tweak in the mind can really like shift so much in our nervous system and get us calmer. So then we can start thinking and making those better decisions again. Mm. So no matter like where you're at on the external success level or skills or whatever, you're still going to be having these 
these big fears. And so it really comes back down to like, I'm safe. I'm okay. You're safe. You're okay. If this could become more of our normal dialogue that we have with each other, even with like parents to infants, letting them know that this is a safe place. I think so much would start to shift and we'd start to see things change a lot faster and be able to create more and remember, oh yeah, we, we have power here. Like this is our planet. This is amazing. Mm, Wow. What a powerful perspective. That is so awesome. I love it. We are safe and we are super powerful, each and every one of us. And just remembering that. Um, wow. Incredible. Ray Ireland, I really appreciate your time. I know you have another call coming up, so I'm just going to ask you one more question before you let yeah. you go. Um, and it's one of my favorites too. It's it, If you were to take all of your experiences, all of your knowledge, all the wisdom gained and just distill them down into one message or one sentence, what would it be? Mm. It would probably be something around just listen, because I think I think we all know more than what we even tell ourselves, what we allow ourselves to believe. I think we're we're more powerful than we can even imagine. Um, even with you know what I just shared, there's so many billionaires that came from nothing. Like this, it's all possible no matter where you're at. And I think when it comes to just listening, like, and really tuning into like that internal clock, that internal voice, there's so much guidance there. You don't need anyone. You're, you're good to go bringing in, you know, other people to just help and support and bring love. That's, that's like the magic piece. So yeah, Mm. turning up the the listening dial. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Ray Ireland. Thank you so much for your time today. Do you want to let people know where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on social media is a great way to just stay connected. Ray Ireland, R-A-E, and then Ireland, like the country without a D at the end. So on Instagram, Facebook, um, you can check out my music on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, I have a show, Soul Aligned Show on YouTube. You can also check out some of the music videos on YouTube. So lots of ways to stay in touch. Let me know if this resonated for you. I would love to just hear what clicked. If, if something, if there's a big aha, send me a message. I'd love to connect with whoever's listening here. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Ray. Have a fabulous day. We'll talk to you real soon. Oh, bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember... Live your being.